What's up, Barbell Buddha fans? It is Brooks. This is Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, and it is episode 29. It's called Yin Yang Cut the Shit, and it's one of my favorite episodes uh, in Chris's whole lexicon, so um, I'm really looking forward to sharing this one with you. The only plug I have for you today, head over to barbellbooter.com to check out Simple Strength. It will be the best $99 you have ever spent when it comes to investing in your knowledge and strength and just general well-being. Uh, because Chris was always using strength to teach much deeper lessons, and Simple Strength is no exception to that. But you're going to get a ton of stuff that you can apply right away to your strength training, and uh, yeah, I know you're going to love it. So head over to barbellbooter.com and check that out. All right. Let's start the show. I don't know. I don't know you personally, but all I'm gonna say is, if you can't get down with a little clash, man, I just you and I probably can't be friends. It's not a. It's you know. Hey, look, I'm just keeping it real. Uh, that happened to be Chris's favorite workout song. His words, not mine. Not my favorite workout song. But if you can't get down with the clash, I probably can't get down with you. But if you are here and you don't get down with the clash, I still think you should stick around and you'll get a lot out of this show too. So this episode is called Yin Yang Cut the Shit. And uh, it's two separate halves, so we're going to talk about one half, which is the yin-yang part, and then we're going to talk about how we can just cut the shit, man, how we can just get rid of that and get 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 on with it, as Chris will say. So um, the first part of his episode, episode 29, was discussing the yin-yang symbol. Now, yin-yang, yin-yang, doesn't really matter how we call it. You're very familiar with this symbol. It is a circle with a uh, swooping S-shaped line through the middle. Half of it is white, half of it is black, but within the white there is a small black circle, and within the black there is a small white circle. In the ancient Chinese proverbs or old philosophy, yin was meant to symbolize the dark or earth or feminine energy, not dark as in evil, just dark as in dark, without the moral or ethical attachment, just the dark energy, the earth energy, the feminine energy, uh, versus the yang, yang, which is more like the bright light, uh, maybe the element of air as opposed to earth, and it's more of the masculine side of things. So that's what the yin yang is. I guess what does it represent? It represents a philosophical concept of duality. 
I know that sounds really fancy, but it's really not. Uh, and so I'm going to share. I, I, I do have some things to share on duality, and I, I, I really enjoy it. I've been noticing it a lot in, in my own life, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to riff on it a little bit. I, I think you'll get a lot out of it. What does the yin-yang represent? Duality, what does that mean? Basically, duality is where seemingly opposing forces might actually be interdependent or interconnected. Okay, so it's this idea that things that seem like they're very, very different or stand on opposing ends of each other might actually need each other or come from each other. Okay, uh, like this idea that you can't have one without the other. And so, of course, if the idea is you can't have one without the other, how can we know what light is if not for dark or what other people would call the absence of light, right? You, you can't have one without the other. Um, I, I probably even mentioned that at some time in this historical uh, journey that we're on of Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. I've probably talked about it in some way, but you can't have one without the other. You can't have hot if you don't understand cold. Uh, you can't have up if there is no down. You can't have left if there is no right. Okay, these are these are just things that you know. Again, left and right seem opposed to each other, but uh, look at your hands; they're exactly mirrored of each other, yet they're completely opposite. It's kind of freaky, but it just it shows up everywhere. Okay, so it's no no wonder that it, it has been noticed for a really long time. There's no wonder that duality as a concept, a philosophical concept, continues to perpetuate into our society it's because i mean it's hard to debunk let's just put it that way i don't want to say with absolute certainty that it is true but it's hard to not see duality when you just step back okay so why is that beneficial is the real question all right well the reason that chris brings up the yin yang at least in my belief and the reason why it's beneficial is that it, it starts to reinforce lessons that we've already been learning in this story right which for uh, many of us, the thing that might have landed might have been the resistance conversation. This idea of not seeing resistance as your enemy or your foe, but seeing it as your friend. Uh, maybe this idea in another circumstance, another lesson where stress, discomfort, fear, they can birth the greatest moments of our life. Again, uh, looking back at the yin yang symbol, you know, the, the dark is birthed from that smaller circle of the light. The light is born from the darker circle in, 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 in that. So many times, stress, discomfort, fear, they can all birth and be part of the greatest gifts. We just, uh, 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 we sometimes still see them as separate things, or we like to cast a lot of judgment that this is good or this is bad, instead of possibly acknowledging that without the other, one could not exist. A really, oh man, a really hot one would be, uh, emotionally would be the idea of good and evil, right? You know, this idea that um, evil is so bad, and, and I think everyone can agree that at at face value, this idea, uh, uh, would you rather see good or evil in the world? It seems that the majority of people that you would ask that question to would rather see good in the world, right? Um, you know, I don't know too many people. There are still, in this political climate, it seems like a little more, more common, this idea that you can just, you know, talk about fear, talk about hate, talk about the bad side, right? But if you ask most people, they'd say they'd like to see more good in the world, not more evil. Well, the only way for us to actually know what good is, is for there to be the absence of good or maybe the opposing force of that, which would be evil, right? How could we know what good was if we didn't have something to contrast it against? 
And so even though it's not popular, even though it's not the uh, uh, probably the first thing that you'd wish upon the world is evil, we can't really understand or have good without evil, okay? And that's really tough to wrap your brain around because most of us are genuinely fancy ourselves to be good people. Uh, but just, you know, we things that seem like they're opposing forces are actually in many times interdependent and interconnected. You can't have one without the other, okay? So how can we apply this right now to our life? Remember, resistance is not your foe. It's your friend. That opposing force that feels uncomfortable is trying to steer you in the direction that you're supposed to be on, even if it's not in alignment with what you planned to be doing in that moment, even if it's not in alignment with where you hoped you would be at some point. Like you're starting to see episode by episode Chris's lessons lining up and reinforcing each other, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it's, you know, it's no wonder that these things are, are landing now at, at about this time. For me at least, uh, many of these lessons started landing hard. And maybe that's why this next string of episodes, and I, I feel like it started at maybe like 26, 27, but like these next string of episodes are some of my favorite. You know, like they're those ones when I see them coming up in the queue, I get so excited about because it's just like, yeah, 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 and cut the shit, man. Like Chris is going to keep it real with me in this episode. And he does. Uh, he does. And. The way that he keeps it real with me and, and the clip that we'll eventually get to is from the, the second half of this episode. But before I move on to that, the last closing point is that Chris wanted to remind us to cultivate both energies, right? And we, 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 are, uh, we are sold, and not in a bad way, but we we're, we're usually highlight cultivating that like calm you know, uh, uh, energy, right? That That's very celebrated is to, to uh, uh, work on that calm in all circumstances energy, right? That, that very yin side. Uh, but Chris encourages us, and Vice Friday is a perfect example of this, to cultivate our feisty energy too, that, that, that yang, that light, that, that uh, how do you say, action, you know, that action energy, that feisty. I love that. So um, remember to cultivate both. Choose wisely, cultivate both, and remember that you can't have one without the other. Now, on to Chris's four thought experiments. The cut the shit section, remember. The I definitely encourage you to listen to this episode. If for no other reason, Chris can rant and rave with the absolute best of them, okay? Um, but also, you know, uh, he's going to really be able to tell his side of the story in a, in a way that I just can't, right? Well, the reason I'm here is to, you know, I guess, create context around a lot of this stuff, tell you how I've applied it in my life, and hopefully help you uh, maybe from a different voice, from a different perspective, give you some insight as to what our buddy was trying to tell us. Um, the four thought experiments. Uh, I'm gonna go one, one. I'm gonna talk about one, two, and three, and then I'm gonna let Chris close the show with number four. Okay. So the first thought experiment came from a story where um, Chris was doing some. He was working on the strength and conditioning staff at University of Memphis. Hated it. Dropped everything. Went over to the exercise and sports science. Is sitting with his soon-to-be mentor, and he notices a sign in Latin hung above his desk, and he asks him what it meant, and essentially it meant. Uh, paraphrasing, but don't let the bastards grind you down. So it was a Latin phrase that, you know, translated loosely meant don't let the bastards grind you down as a thought experiment. 
Okay, so he he wanted to use this idea, don't let the batters, bastards grind you down, as a thought experiment. And what he says, what the mentor says, his his professor, he 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 tells him, okay, do it. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Do the work that you think is worthwhile. Put in the best effort that you can. Treat people with respect, and be able to put your tools down to enjoy life. Don't let others' opinions weigh too heavily on you. Take away the imagined power of other people's opinions. And remember, too, that making mistakes is rarely as costly as you imagine. All right, so that's, I'm going to break this down just a little bit. All right, do the work that you think is worthwhile. So if we're not going to let the bastards grind grind us down, the first thing that we have to really decide is what work do we believe to be worthwhile? Not what work do other people say is worth our time. Uh, uh, What work do we believe to be worthwhile? And if, if you are in that work, you'll know that it's a feeling. If you're not in that work and someone tells you it's a feeling that you get when you're in the work, it will be hard to receive that. Okay, I, I, I'll give it to you because some people tried to explain this to me when I wasn't in the work that I desired and it didn't land for me. Okay, so if it's not landing for you, don't worry about it, but it's okay, right? But the next, Chris is always saying the next best thing you can do, right? So do the work that you think is worthwhile, even if it's not the exact type of work that you desire to do in the future, like 10 years from now, whatever, five years from now, if you're worried about hitting this big dream and goal, the only thing that you can control, the first thing that you control is deciding what work you think is worthwhile. The next one, put in the best effort you can. I mean, that just goes without saying, right? If you're putting in a half-assed effort, you know, you know that you're putting in a half-assed effort and it should be no surprise to you that uh, you're not receiving the dividends you'd like to see. You'll know if you're putting in a half-assed effort. Again, that will be a feeling. If you're putting in the best effort that you can, you will know because that too will be a feeling. You'll be working, you'll be working, you'll be pushing, you'll be pushing and probably you'll stretch too far and you'll feel that that resistance come back, right? And it's not our, it's not our enemy, it's our friend, but it still hurts, right? It's uncomfortable, okay? But you got to do the best work that you can. The next is treat people with respect. If for no other reason, if, if you're being selfish, the reason to treat people with respect is so they don't have shit on you. But I think what Chris and the mentor really mean is by treating people with respect, you're putting out, as Chris would put it, good karma points, right? You're, you're not making, you're not passing judgment on others as to not receive judgment from others for your actions. So if you're going to judge others, it should be no surprise to you that you're, when you're judged. But if you are not judging people and you're treating them with respect, then again, we don't have to, as it uh, goes on, be able, we can be able to put the tools down and enjoy life. Why? Because we don't let others' opinions weigh too heavily on you. You know, why would we not let other people's opinions weigh too heavily on us? Well, we treat them with respect and so we, you know, we deserve to have that return back to us. We don't have to worry about what they're saying. If you do that, if you treat other people with respect and you don't let other people's opinions weigh too heavily on you, which of course is always harder in practice than it is in saying, um, but you, you take away the imagined power of other people's opinions. And I think the power that we're giving to other people is fearing make a mis- making a mistake, right? The fear of being judged or the fear of it being a big deal. But as the mentor says here, remember too that making mistakes is rarely as costly as you imagine. And, you know, with the exception of some traumatic accidents that happen in life, many times 
the, the costs of making a mistake are very, very uh, uh, rarely as costly as we imagined. Okay, so remember, point number one, the first thought, thought experiment is don't let the bastards grind you down. Okay, look for ways that you can not let the bastards grind you down. That's the first thing. The second thing, this one's called just jump in the pool. Uh, Chris paints a picture. It's a chilly day, but he wanted to swim. It was a particularly chilly August day. He had said, tomorrow I'm going to go out and swim. He wakes up the next day. It's 78 degrees. It's chilly, but he wants to swim. And there he is. He's, he's, he's uh, uh, commiserating about whether or not he should get in the pool. And what is the advice? Don't overthink it. Put yourself in the situation and come to temperature. Okay. If you don't jump in the pool, you can receive the alternative, which is paralysis. We can overthink things and spin ourselves into a circle. So this thought experiment is looking for opportunities to jump in the pool and trying to identify other areas of our life where we're, where we're really overthinking it. Now, to give you some hard examples of what I mean by this, this, this podcast, and Chris says it about his one as well, this podcast particularly, Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, I mean, this is a perfect example of just jumping in the pool. Uh, I, I was gifted some equipment and it was a very special equipment because it belonged to Chris. And so I gave so much like value to it and I didn't overthink it. I, I, I had a general idea of what I wanted to do, which take people episode by episode, but I had no idea what I was doing. And, and I just did it, right? I said, hey, we're, we're going to launch this podcast. And Janie and Abby said, hey, we want to be on your first episode. And, and, and it was just, it, it, it had a life of its own. And here we are. Uh, it's episode 29. This has been going on for about 30 weeks now. So um, my gym recess, another fantastic example. I didn't exactly know. I did a lot of planning, yes, but like you can spend a lot of time in paralysis if in the planning phases. And sometimes you just got to, you got to jump in and, and come to temperature. And even though it's been a rough freaking ride in many respects since April of 2018 and hell, even before that, uh, uh, I, I, I didn't overthink it and I've been able to come to temperature, although not as quickly as that I desired. Just before recess, I, you know, jumped in as an educator and a, a teacher, man. I changed professions. I didn't realize it at the time, but I changed professions. And boy, I want to talk about chilly water, man. You, you know, being a first-year teacher is no fucking joke. Being a second-year teacher is no fucking joke. It was the most challenging uh, experience professionally I've ever had. Um, and, but, you know, many, many respects. And, and from, you know, all the things that I was told, they said I did a great job. And that, can, that program has continued. That was completely throwing myself into it. Hell, getting into coaching was throwing myself into the pool, jumping into the pool, not knowing how, how cold it's going to be, but just giving it a try. I left my job. I moved to another country and I just decided like I was going to coach. And even though it didn't go how I thought it was, it ended up perfectly. Hell, moving to Korea for the first time was me jumping in the pool. You know, you know how scary it can be to uproot your entire life. I spent my entire life living in the same, same city. And while it's not the smallest town in the United States by any means, it's certainly not the the largest city and uh, there's still a lot of small town fields so moving literally literally to the other side of the globe like literally to the other side of the globe not speaking the language not knowing a soul uh, not knowing a soul and soul not knowing one person there like these are all things that have been the best gifts of my life because I did come to temperature going to my grad school man I was 23 I spoke one language barely and I was in class with you know, Ivy League students that spoke seven languages. I mean, it was just bizarre how I was out so far out of my element, yet came to temperature and not only came to temperature, 
thrived, man. So that that one jumping in the pool resonates with me so much. The most recent example of that for me was going to Paleo FX. Like I was fearing being dis, you know, uncomfortable. I was fearing the discomfort of being financially stretched. And you know, it was like I was thinking about it. I was like, eh, I was getting trapped in like that paralysis thing. And it was just like my friend was like, you gotta jump in the pool, and boom, I was gone. So um, you know, I've seen a lot of benefit personally from the jumping in the pool. Is it easy? No. Should you use your best discretion and scrutiny? Absolutely. Don't do dumb shit. That's not what I'm saying. But all those times are you really getting caught overthinking it? Use this jump in the pool thought experiment. Are you overthinking it or are you just afraid to jump in the chilly water? Number three, Occam's razor. One of my favorite. He talks about it a lot. Occam's razor, Occam's razor is essentially saying that the more assumptions that you have to make, the more unlikely the explanation. So Chris would say, don't jump at the complicated thing because it's shiny when a more simple thing will do. And God, isn't that the truth? He has like a great little snippet about, you know, putting Occam's razor into a really ridiculous example. It's like uh, uh, the origins of the universe. People realize there are stars and suns and moons and stuff. And they're like, how is this happening? And uh, Chris imagined like a huge turtle on a tricycle or something that was, or like a big airdyne that was powering Oh my God, it was powering the power of the universe. And then on the other side, it was like somebody had discovered Newtonian physics and they have a cell phone in their pocket that tells them how all the math works out. And it's really simple. Uh, and it's not like this com- overly complicated story of a turtle on an airdyne, right? Don't jump at the complicated thing because it's shiny. Even though it sounds more fun to believe in a, a, a turtle on the airdyne powering the entire universe, when you see the math on it and it can be broken down to you as simply as it could, um, it's more likely to be the simple thing. So using Occam's razor, Chris has talked about it before, look for opportunities to apply Occam's razor where you might be making too many assumptions about your training, about which which exact program to use. That's that's where we come back to, right? The training. If you're using fancy programs cuz it seems like the next best, you know, best thing that's come out on the market, like as Chris put it, it's probably a bunch of rehashed, you know, ideas that are just turned over to make a buck and it slapped somebody else that's big and buff on it, um, which is awesome. Don't worry. I love programs, but like, you know, it's possible that what you need is a little bit more simple approach. Okay. So don't, don't just discount that. Um, okay. I've been rambling quite a bit. I want to get Chris on the microphone. Um, but the only thing I want to say about this last point, cause he's going to tell you what the last point is. But the only thing I want to I want to put in your mind leading up to that is how much of a pearl Barbell Buddha was in the podcast scene among the rocks. Um, I don't want to say too much, but just if you found Barbell Buddha, okay, if you found if you haven't, and you're like, of course you're not listening to this if you don't know Barbell Buddha, but if you just kind of came onto this, definitely like go back because you'll you'll understand what we mean by this when we say that Chris was always talking about his nuggets and pearls. Chris's podcast was such a pearl among rocks. And in this last point, he describes you know the the process for how to filter all of the BS out there and how to really find those nuggets and pearls. So um, that's all I'm going to share with you for episode 29. Chris is going to rehash one through three, and he's going to drop point number four, and he's going to close the show like only he can. So that's it. I'll catch up with you next week. 
Have a great day, weekend, whatever you day you listen to this podcast. Um, Chris, buddy, take it away. That's the third thing. Let me recap. We're not letting the bastards wear us down. Fuck that. We're not letting fear par- paralyze us. We're not making assumptions that the, the fancy, shiniest things, the more complicated ideas are necessarily good ones. If you keep those three things in mind, you're way ahead of most, most primates. And the last one, the last one I will share with you, dear listeners, kind of a fun one. And it starts off kind of maybe seeming kind of negative, but it's not. I want to rephrase it so it's kind of a little more pointed. So this is actually Sturgeon's log. Sturgeon, I think he was a science fiction writer who made the famous claim that, look, of all the science fiction writing you see out there, 90% of it is shit. <laughs> and I've actually, I've actually got a book up here that, that is, I think, kind of built, a whole book built on that idea. I think it's everything is shit. You might, you might go on Amazon and search to see if that's the actual name. I think it'll come up. But that's an interesting idea. If you look out into the world, now this goes... It's kind of a universal law. I don't know how you actually test this. It's kind of a, it's more of like a funny thought exercise that starts looking really true once you go out and look at stuff. So go to your local bookstore, if you even have one of those still open in your town. Look at all the books and prove to yourself that, yes, 90% or better of these books are terrible. They're, they're empty words stamped with a cover that is designed to lure you into, into dropping 15 bucks for that fucking thing and you're never going to read it again because you get halfway into it and you lose interest or a third of the way. Let's be generous. Well, a third's generous. Maybe you, you, you read the fucking chapter one and you go, ah, I'll pick this up later. And then it didn't even matter. They got their money. I'd say you also see a hell of a lot of it in the, in the I guess, in the fitness industry because you see, in the fitness industry, sorry, you see all these ideas pitched as being new you know, or here is my version of this thing. I've just changed it slightly. So instead of that program, it's the X program extreme because my idea is so different. I've got a different cover and everything. So you go, okay, well, this, this repeats so many times. There's so many variations of every successful idea that are just t- slight little tweaks or maybe more generously counterfeits of a, a simpler core idea that doesn't need to be rehashed or reinvented you know, or rebooted like, like the old Batman movie. Sometimes you've got to reboot. Sometimes you got to leave it alone. As it happens, most training ideas have been figured out. Simplicity, elegance, proper mechanics, progressive loading. This is the shit that makes you strong, and you get strongest with a barbell. These are, it's sort of like the physics of that planetary motion. We know this shit to be true. All the little details, all the variants, all the tweaks, they aren't special. They're a matter of your personal preference. So if you like doing a, a particular thing more than another thing, and it makes you stronger, most importantly, in the things you want to get stronger at, you're doing just fine. No tweaks, no specific dogmas necessary. But let's be honest. Most of those programs you see are just shallow attempts to, to sell something. They're not unique contributions answering a unique problem. They're just fucking rehashed bullshit. Same goes for movies. Same goes for, well, all, actually, I can say 100% of reality, reality TV programming is pretty much bullshit. But you see where I'm going with this. But that's too easy to, to say 90% of shit is terrible. I don't like that because it's, it's, it's negative, it's a bummer, it's unnecessary. But it's also the easiest thing to say. It's sort of, it's sort of like preaching to choir. Well, yeah, I mean, we can, it's easy to look out and see things, to see Taylor Swift videos and get pissed that this is bullshit. Well, of course it's bullshit. I mean, who has to point that out, man? That's unnecessary. You know, let's, let's point our fingers and, and shout at the sky for being blue while we're at it. It's, it doesn't do us any good to point out the obvious things. So what I like to do is actually 
don't think of this rule, let's complete it. Don't think of it as being a tool of criticism. That's not fair. That's too easy. It's not going to help you feel any fucking better. It's not going to help you make any impact on the world. Rather, I think it's important to think of this thing as a, as a reminder that of all the things you're seeing, you should look extra carefully for the 10%. The, the pearls and nuggets amongst all the loose change and rocks that are really special. So in contrast to everything that just seems like a duplication of something else, that much is obvious. But save your effort and, and inquiry and questioning and, crit, and critiques that are healthy and positive. Save it for f- looking and finding and, and talking about the good shit. You know, when you set everything out in front of you, you should be, it should be easy to see the things that are not like the other, that do seem more, I don't say cutting edge, but are, are legit and pure and simple and make sense to you and click with you. And everything else sort of seems muddy and fuzzy and foggy and noisy. It's noisy to you. It doesn't make sense to you. It seems maybe silly to you, but you're still tempted to buy into it. All your emotions you're experiencing are probably fucking dead-on accurate. It's probably not something you need to get involved in. I'd say the best learning tools, the best ideas, the best coaches, the best friends, the best pursuits and projects should be things that make sense to you. They are rare things. They're not numerous. They are special things. They are things that are, are well within that 10% that aren't like the other things. Everything else that confuses you makes you feel doubt, makes you feel uneasy, is all fucking bullshit. For, and your emotion about it, your intuition about it, that it may be bullshit, it, 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 it's true. Trust yourself. <laughs> or let's start to remind you that, yeah, I, I need to remember that everything is not as it seems. Good ideas are not like, you know, leaves on trees. They, they are way more rare. I got to look for them. Not so rare that I don't find them readily if I look for them, but you got to look for them. So, we don't let the bastards wear us down, friends. We keep a stiff upper lip. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And we remind ourselves, what is the worst shit that anybody can do to us? We couple that with a lack of fear. We fucking jump into opportunities. We get after it. We don't make undue assumptions when something simpler, more minimal will do. Whether it's an idea for a product, whether it's a business thing, a venture, whether it's a training program, whether it's a, you know, a toast you want to make at a friend's wedding, go for the simpler route. Go simpler. Put more effort into the minimal things. And then remember about Sturgeon's Law. Most things you see are not that great. Don't fucking criticize. Search out the good things. That's all I have to say for you, or to you tonight, my friends. I hope you enjoyed my ranting. If, if you like this kind of thing, I'll get back into these books a little deeper and pull out some more little pearls, little thought exercises that may be useful. Again, this may just be me ranting for 37 minutes, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll just make one announcement before I, I leave you tonight with my buttery voice. Uh, I bought some books. I've got them here in my office. They're going pretty quick. I don't know how much more longer. That's not good English. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be here much longer. Uh, there's no guarantee. I've got this other thing to edit and get finished, so I don't think I'll be ordering any more of these for a while. i got to put my effort back into getting that damn thing done and ready for you to check out if you want to later this year, maybe in November, maybe early December. So I gotta, I gotta move on, man. So if you want one of these, go to store.barbaboo.com, check it out, look around. If you want a mug or shirt, feel free to get one. It helps support the show, helps me keep doing this shiznit. If you want a book, the paperback addiction, addiction. It's a funny sounding word, isn't it? Uh, the paperback edition, uh, or the audiobook which I did. I don't know why I did that, but people seem to dig it. It was a pain in the ass to do, but it's up there. 
And also you can just get a simple PDF of it. Uh, the new book, it'll probably start off as Kindle and PDF. I don't think I'll do an audio book, man. Somebody's going to have to work really hard to talk me into that. That sucks. But uh, we'll figure it out. And then they'll probably at least be, yeah, we'll definitely do a, pr a print run of that one as well. It'll be a little longer, a little cooler, a little more awesomer, as you would expect. we got to keep this train moving and keep improving, man. That's all there is to it. So that's all i got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the meantime, hey, let me throw out just some more vibes. If you got questions, you want life advice, you want, I don't know why you'd ask me, but I might be of assistance. I've lived life. <laughs> I've learned some lessons, man. If you want recommendations on what the best cheat meal for you is, you want to talk training, you want to say hello, go to Twitter, at Baba Buddha. Go to Instagram, at Baba Buddha. Go to Facebook, at Baba Buddha. Yeah, or backslash Baba Buddha. Leave a note. Send a kind word. Send me an email or something. I dig talking to you guys, man. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty good time. I enjoy having the, an audience. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I won't waste any more of your time, ladies and gentlemen. Reach out. Say hello if you want to. If not, I wish you the best possible evening, morning, whenever you listen to this. Uh, go out there. Be positive. When you get your mind still, fuck, man. Get up and use it after that. Target it. Focus it. Get, get a little nasty. Use that brain. Break out the knives. Dig into the shit. Figure things out. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with that. All right, friends. Thanks. Namaste. Cheers.